Thank you for downloading the podcast. We pray the Word of God will richly bless you today. So let's get right into the Word, knowing that God will speak into our lives today. Just take a moment to worship God. Take a moment to worship the Lord. Father, we worship you. We glorify you. We magnify your name. Now put your hands down for just a moment. Now, uh, we'll let you sit down just a second. We don't, we don't want to miss anything the Spirit of God wants to do. I know we have visitors and, and, and people here that, you know, you kind of wonder why we do what we do and and reasoning for that. Well, first of all, let me just say this. We do not depart from anything that's in this book. But if it's in this book, we want to enjoy the fullness of its benefits. Many, how can I say this? Many churches that adhere to what we would call Christianity have departed from the book. Uh, Paul, the Apostle Paul, which God used to write three quarters of the New Testament, made a, uh, gave a prophecy, a word of wisdom concerning our times. He said, in these days, many would leave the faith. He said, they would adhere to a form of godliness, but they would deny the power thereof. Now, let me just say this. I don't know about you. I need some power. I mean, I can't do it. I I, I come to the conclusion years ago, I can't do this life thing on my own. Now, there may be some that can do it. Let me just say this. There's some people that can live without God, but nobody can die without Him. Amen. But I found out I can't live without it. But in the church, we should experience the power of God. The power of the name of Jesus as we're studying, the power of the Word, and the power of the Holy Ghost. And it's, and it's all of its giftings. Now, one of the problems many of us have, especially in your uh, uh, churches like this, this flavor of a church, we, we tend to suppose that everything, everybody knows what we know, know what we know, but you don't. Not everybody knows everything we know. So you say, well, I don't understand why you lay hands on people. I don't understand why you pray the way you do. Well, if you hang around a little bit, you'll understand it. But let me just say this. Years ago, 2,000 years ago, Jesus died, rose again, regained all the power that should have belonged to humanity from, from the beginning, from creation. But not only that, supplemented it with the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Now, the Holy Ghost is here in two ways this morning. Actually, three ways this morning. He's present because we've gathered in the name of Jesus. Then He abides in our spirit through salvation. And He empowers us through the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now, there are giftings that come because of that. We could talk about words of wisdom, words of knowledge, discerning the spirits, power gifts, gifts of healings, special miracles, special faith. But then a primary gift that operates in the church are what's called vocal gifts. Prophecy, tongues, and interpretation of tongues. They're given for the edification, exhortation, and comfort of the church. There's no, let me me, me see if I can get you to understand this. There's no rehearsal of this. It is spontaneous as the Spirit wills. Amen. So now I know in 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 my spirit, by the Holy Spirit, there's something the Holy Ghost wants to say. Now, I could give it out as a prophecy, but the Spirit of God knows we're gathered as a church. And in a church, many times, what works is a tongue. Somebody will be inspired by the Spirit of God to give out a message in a language which they do not intellectually know. And then I, primarily, because I'm the pastor of the church, will not give a translation of that, but an interpretation of that. 
based upon my learning, based upon my faith. There may be others that could give an interpretation based on their learning, based upon their faith. Now at Island Church, we, we strive for these things to work decently and in order so that we can hear what the Spirit of God is saying because He always comes to bless us. Amen. So lift your hands one more time and worship the Lord. Father, we worship you. Just play softly for a moment. We're so thankful for you, Heavenly Father. We love you so much. We know you're not the author of destruction, confusion, harm, hurt, sickness, disease. You're the author of the blessing. You gave Jesus. You gave the Holy Spirit. You gave it to us freely and powerfully so that we, Heavenly Father, might be blessed, not just because we're better than anybody else, not just because you've favored us more than anybody else, but simply because we have responded to your love as your children and you have decided to bless us because of it. We thank you for it, Father. Oh, how we worship you in this house. How we glorify your name. Thank you, Jesus. Now put your hands down very reverently. Stay quiet. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, if you have a message in tongues kind of stirring in your spirit, there may be several. That's okay. I want you to raise your hand up and let me see. See, there's several people. with. I'm going to ask uh, Brother Ben Williams to give that out. For there is a tenderness in my spirit. There is a compassion in my heart that I desire to work in you and through you in this day and hour. For there is much hurt, much pain, much confusion about the days ahead. For many that are around you wondering, is there really a God? Or did God do this to me? But you will be the ones in which I will sin with those words of tenderness and words of compassion to impart and tell them it's not God that has done this, but it's God that will help you through. And if you will allow yourself to be tender this day and hour, I will help equip you to go out and be a light that shines so brightly, a light that cannot be hid by the darkness that's coming upon the earth. And you will be so blessed because it was your voice that was used. It was your hands that reached out. It was your feet that ran swiftly. But it was me in you that was giving you the strength. So rise up in that anointing this day and be the servants to the hurting and servants to those that think they've lost it all. But be the ones that show them the way to the master that can bring comfort, healing, and hope to their lives. Hallelujah. Now lift your hands and receive that. Wasn't that beautiful? Oh, we worship you, Father. We worship you, Lord. We thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Praise God. Be seated in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Did you receive that? Wasn't that beautiful? What a beautiful... You know, now in the light of that, I'm just going to say this. Thank you to all of the volunteers and people that have been helping. I think, how many houses have we done now? Twelve? We've done 12 houses and a church now that we've done. That's going up and just helping people tear it out, move their stuff. But you should hear, yeah, give, the, give our volunteers a big hand clap. Amen. Isn't that great? But we've gotten some phone calls and some testimonies that are just, it's, it's blessed people. 
I'm telling you. And it's one thing for us to do it in our own family. There's several of our own church family that have been harmed by the storm and we were able to go help them. But listen, when we go out to total strangers, I'm telling you, that's, that's the mission field right there. And we're fixing to come to the end of doing it for our own church family because we've about, because God just kept our, kept our church family. I guess, I guess when, when, when uh, I hit, I guess three quarters of our church families were destroyed. This time, I, I think less than a tenth of our church families we're touched by this storm. Amen. And I kind of say it like this. We're touched, but all of us have been effective. Amen. So in the next few weeks, as we go out, other churches are going to come in. Uh, volunteers, we want you to go out. We're going to be going out to people who are perfect strangers. Many of them don't even know Jesus. And they're sitting in there broken down, washed out, flooded out houses right now thinking, why in the world did God do this to me? What's he trying to show me? What's he trying to, what's he trying to do to me? And you're going to walk in there and you say, this isn't God. Here's God right here. Isn't that good? What a great, there can be a greater testimony than that. Amen? You love the Lord this morning. Well, praise God. Let's, let's study the name of Jesus this morning. How about that? I've got about, let's see, I've got about 30 minutes we can do this. So I want you to go back where we were there in the book of Acts. Go back to Acts chapter, where were we? Chapter 3? Yeah, I think so. Chapter 3. Yeah, Acts chapter 3. Now, I'm going to do my best to stay in the, stay in the, teacher's office this morning and teach you. Now, now, let me just say this. This might help some of you, might inspire some of you. Everybody needs to have their own Bible. Everybody needs to, now, I don't know, you know, Leah, she has a, uh, Leah, some of these guys on the front row, they have all this technical stuff. They, and that's fine. I, I, don't, I don't do it like that. And maybe one day I, did, I, I will, but I don't now. But let me tell you, I cannot, uh, how can I say this, Lord? I cannot get over to you the importance of developing your faith in this day and hour. I, and listening to a, 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 a teaching this week, is that's when I drive around, I listen to teaching all the time. And right now my iPod is over on uh, Pastor John Osteen's teachings. And, and Brother Osteen just for a whole Wednesday night got up and exhorted the entire church there at Lakewood about how important it is to develop your faith, to have your own Bible, to write notes down, to, uh, to listen to the teaching of the Word of God, then to go home and read your Bible. Because listen, listen, crisis comes to every family, every life. And God is either trying to get you out of something or preparing uh, you for something that's fixing to come at you. He knows you more than you know yourself, and he knows what's coming. Everybody say he knows what's coming. And as much as it is my responsibility to feed you the Word of God so, so that you may grow by the Word of God, it is also my responsibility to, to equip you. And I want you to know there's no better equipping that can happen to you than teaching on the name of the, uh, name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, that equips you. It's so important that God put it right there in the first part of the book of Acts. Look at the importance of the two doctrines of power that God birthed the church with. He birthed the, he birthed the church in the doctrine of the baptism and the Holy Ghost and in the doctrine of the name of Jesus. Those are power doctrines. Those are doctrines that set people free. Uh, those, are doctrine, those are doctrines that heal cancer. Oh, I ought to get better amens in that. Listen, those are doctrines that deliver mightily. And you say, well, that's all well and good if you're a preacher or a missionary. This No, I mean for everybody. Because as soon as we finish teaching on the authority of the believer, we're going we're gonna to preach and teach all of y'all into the ministry. You say, into the ministry? You mean I need to go out and get a 501c3 corporation? And No, 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 no. We're going to teach and preach all of you into the ministry you have as a believer. 
All of us have them. This is how Island Church is going to grow. This is how we're going to expand. This is how we're going to do what God's called us to do. It's each and every person rising up, finding their place, and being a minister of reconciliation, an ambassador, and I like this, a bearer of the name of Jesus. Now, last week in Acts chapter 3, Peter and John went up to the temple at the hour of prayer, and there sat a man with a horrible birth defect. From his mother's womb, he he had been lame. He laid there. No telling how many times Jesus had walked by him. Amen. Jesus was uh, attended, uh, went to the temple all the time, prayed, taught, studied, did all those types of things. But this particular day, that was the day. Everybody say, that was the day. He, uh, Peter and John walked up and this man, he was a beggar. He reached up and began to beg from them. And they turned around and said, silver and gold, have I none? Listen, that's not an indictment against prosperity. I can take you two chapters later and see where they were coming and laying bags of money at the apostles' feet. But they were saying, basically, I like to say it like this, silver and gold ain't going to do you any good. It's kept you in your place. It's kept you a beggar. It's kept you a cripple. Silver and gold's not going to do you any good. But such as I have. Everybody say, such as I have. See, you got to understand something, church. You, you, every one of you in here are a bearer of the name of Jesus. You have the name of Jesus. It's our family name. Woo, I tell you, it's our family name. You know, I wouldn't mind my name being Trump right now. You say, why not? Well, it seems like they got a lot of money, amen? Uh, you know, I was thinking the other day, because people are always mad because he's, you know, he's a millionaire and all that. But, you know, we had another family uh, that, 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 was president, that was president back in the, in the early 60s, Kennedy. You know, the Kennedy, the Kennedy name, that carries some weight. That carries some power. There are certain names in our society that carry weight and power. But I got good news for you. Your, your name just may be Joe Smith. Come on, church. But if that's all your name is, you bear a greater name than that. Your family name, because of your new birth, is the name of Jesus, the name that's above every name. Now, they, they came and reached down. The Bible said Peter reached down and lifted him up, said, in the name of Jesus. Everybody say, the name of Jesus. And the man rose up immediately. His ankles and feet were made strong, and he entered with them into the temple, leaping and jumping and praising God. Notable miracle had been done. Now, remember this. If you didn't write it down last week, write it down this week. We determined this, number one, the number one revelation that we found in the Word of God about the name of Jesus is this. The name of Jesus takes the place of Jesus being personally present with us. Now, let me, let me say it again. It's very important you get this. The name of Jesus. Everybody say, the name of Jesus. Now, say it with me. Takes the place of Jesus being personally present with us. Let's say it one more time. The name of Jesus takes the place of Jesus being personally present with me. Amen. That's a powerful revelation that you never need to leave, never need to let leave your mind. Now, we know that now the apostle Peter, first of all, there in verse 16, when questioned about how this miracle took place, he said this, and his name through faith in his name hath made this man strong, whom you see and know, yea, the faith which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Now, we understand and realize that the New Testament written, inspired by God, written by human hands, but it was God's inspiration that gave the words. 
Luke wrote the book of Acts. He wrote Luke. That's a great study. If you ever want to do a great study, read the gospel of Luke and go right on into the book of Acts. That's a wonderful study. Now, Luke wrote this, so the Holy Ghost wants to say something right now. This was the Holy Ghost opportunity. This was God's opportunity to inspire Luke to write the words about how this guy got healed. So he could have said, well, it was because Peter was with Jesus for three years. He could have said, well, it was because Peter was in the upper room, part of the 120 that got baptized in the Holy Ghost. He could have said, well, it was because Peter was there when Jesus walked through the wall and breathed on everybody and they received. But he did not say those things. What he said was, and we ought to just shout because he said it. He said, it's his name through faith in his name, which does what? Qualifies every person that will carry that name. Now, let me say that. I don't think we realize. If we realize that, what would we be doing right now? Well, if I was a pastor, no. Well, if I was mightily anointed, had some dream or vision or some, uh, some encounter with a vision, no. All you got to be is a believer. We read that over in Mark chapter 16. Believers will cast out devils. Believers will lay hands on the sick. Believers will speak with tongues. Believers will take up servants. Believers, if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. Are you a believer? Then you bear the name of Jesus. And it's his name through faith in his name. Now there's the issue right there. That's why we're studying this this morning. It's his name through faith. Because the name Jesus is not abracadabra. It's not. I mean, over in Acts chapter 19, you can go study it over there. There were, there were some guys that tried to cast a demon out by the name of Jesus whom Paul preached. And those demons, they laughed at them. They said, Jesus we know, and Paul we know. Who are you? You know what they could tell? They could tell those guys didn't have any faith. There was that element of faith that was missing. And those two words, no, they're, they said, Jesus we know by experience. He beat the tar out of us. Paul we, know, Paul, we know by reputation. Who are you? They could tell those individuals did not have faith in the name. So we know, I mean, we, we're, we study faith around here all the time. We know what happened. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The principles of faith. You must believe in your heart. You must confess, confess with your mouth and you must act on it. That's why these scriptures that we read need to become a part of your confession. Thank you, Father, that you've given Jesus a name that is above every name. Thank you that every, at the name of Jesus, every knee must bow of things in heaven, of things of earth, of things under the earth. Thank you. In the name of Jesus, devils have to flee. Thank you. The sick get healed. You, that needs to be part of your confession or you'll have no faith in the name. Now, notice this. Go, go right now over to chapter Four, real quick. Chapter four, verse seven. Just kind of catching up from last week. It says, and when they had set them in the midst, chapter four, verse seven, they asked him by what power or by what name have you done this? Now we said this last week, it bears repeating. We are not a name society. Our authority in government is based on office. Everybody say office. We have a man in office right now, President Donald Trump. Before that we had President Barack Obama. Before that, we had President Bush, George W. Bush. Before that, we had President 
Bill, I mean, we could just go back through all the, they stood in that office. They step into the office. All that power of the office comes into their life. They operate in an office. And as soon as their time is up, they step out. They don't carry that power with them. But back then, names, the societies were run by names. Caesar, I'm telling you, everything was done in the name of Caesar. Amen. Uh, now, now listen, they wanted to know whose name, by what power or by whose name. Now notice verse 8. Then Peter, anytime you see this phrase, you ought to perk up and pay attention. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost. That means the Holy Ghost is saying, I am putting an exclamation point on this scripture. Pay attention. Listen to what I'm saying. In the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. This is the second witness establishing, establishing this as a relevant word in our doctrine. Now notice what he says. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers and people and elders of Israel, if we this, may, this day be examined of the good deed done. Everybody say, good deed done. That's what the name is for, good deeds done. To the impotent man, by what means, be, by, by what means he is made whole, be it known unto all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, who God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which is set in naught of the builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. That's it. I said, that's it. It's not Buddha. It's not Mohammed. It's not Confucius. It's not Joseph Smith. It is the name of Jesus that brings men and women to salvation. Just kind of a, a preview of coming attractions. Be sure and be here on, on, on opening Sunday morning of our fall harvest conference. We have Pastor Christopher, uh, not Pastor Christopher, but Brother Christopher Allen will be here. An ex-Muslim. An ex-soldier in the, in the uh, uh, Pakistani army who lived as a Muslim for many years. But when he found the name of Jesus, God born again, and I believe in, in 2015, had 1.2 million people saved by the power of God in his ministry. Woo, that name's powerful. It can save anybody. It can set anybody free. It can deliver of any bondage. There is nothing, there is no problem on this planet that the name of Jesus cannot address, deliver, empower, and bless. But what's it going to take? His name through faith in his name. So what becomes relevant for us as studying the word of God this morning, let's find out how he got his name. Amen? Now, if you will, first of all, go to the book of Ephesians. I've marked a couple of passages here, and I want you to pay attention to them as we, as we study them, and go back and study them and make it part of your faith confession. Ephesians chapter 1, great prayer, which you ought to pray over your life every day. One of the great, what I call New Testament prayers, inspired by the Holy Ghost, given by the Apostle Paul to the church at Ephesus and the church in Galveston. Amen. Verse 15, wherefore also after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and the love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. 
the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what is the riches of the glory of the inheritance and the saints, what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. Far above, everybody say far above. Far above all, principality, power, might, dominion. Now notice this. And every name that is named. Woo, you ought to shout it. Far above all, principality, power, power of cancer, power of cocaine addiction, power of depression, power of alcoholism. Far above all principality, principalities over hurricanes, principalities over cities, principalities over nations, and might, and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is come. We will bear the name of Jesus throughout eternity. Woo, glory to God. And it'll still have power, and it'll still have strength, and it'll still have anointing. Mm-mm-mm. And hath put all things under his feet. Gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth it all in all. Let me read verse uh, 21 again. Far above all principality, power, might, and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but that which is come. So here's the number one way, or the first way. Let's just say the first way. The first way Jesus got his name was through conquest. You say, what do you mean through conquest? This speaks of that battle that took place in the spirit realm. I like to see it like this, where Jesus hung upon the cross and he bore our sin and he bore our sickness and there were holes in his hands, holes in his feet, stripes on his back, a crown of thorns on his head and a big gaping hole in his side. And through that death on the cross, he declared war on the devil. 1 John 3, 8, for this reason was the Son of God manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. Come on, church. Then all of a sudden, they gathered up the, the, the body of Jesus and laid it in a rich man's tomb, and the Spirit of Jesus descended down into the abyss, into the lower parts of the earth. And the devil thought, I've got him. He's mine, he's mine, he's mine. No more will the gospel message be preached on the earth. No more will the Israel have any kind of authority or any kind of power in the realm of the Spirit. No more will there be signs, wonders, miracles. No more will people have hope that if they were to die, they could go back and be with God in heaven. And the first day he laid there and all of hell was in carnival and the demons rejoiced. And the second day he laid there and all of the earth bowed its head and the angels folded their wings and the birds could not sing any longer. And then the third day, the devil thought, I've won, I've won, I've won. But at the end of that third day, hallelujah. I said at the end of that third day, the same power that raised Christ from the dead that dwells in us came down and hit the spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ and he rose up and he grabbed the devil and he grabbed cancer and he grabbed drug addiction and he grabbed every evil force that every demon in the world could put on mankind and he defeated and destroyed and put his foot on the neck of the devil. Hallelujah. I tell you, we don't have some watered down dead doctrine that ain't nothing God can do for you. I'm telling you, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. 
You just need to bear that name. I like Colossians. Chapter 2, verse 15. I always quote it in the King James. Let me, let me read it to you in Ampha. It says this in Colossians. God disarmed the principalities and powers that were reigned against us and made a bold display and a public example of them, triumphing over them in him and in his cross. I'm telling you, he engaged Satan and all the demon forces in combat down there in the region of the dam, and then he marched them through downtown eternity, bound, empty, defeated, and useless against those who will bear that name of Jesus. And because of that, when he stepped out of that combat, when he stepped out of that and conquered death, hell, and the grave, God said, I'm going to give you a name. It's above all principality, all might, all power. Anything that could come, the name of Jesus is above it. So everybody say first. He got it through conquest. Now second, go to Philippians chapter 2. I I, I really like Philippians 2. It's it's one of the precious ways that he got it. Verse 4, Philippians 2. It says, look not every man on his own things, But every man on the things of other, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. You ought to just go meditate. That's one of the most powerful statements in the, how much does God love me? Enough to come down to heaven, come down from heaven, give up everything in heaven, give up all of his might, all of his majesty, all of his power, and all of his identity, and get into a human body and die on a cross for you and I. That's how much God loves you. Your mind cannot comprehend it. All you can do is experience it and thank God for it. Amen. It says, in being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Now notice this. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven, things in earth, things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now, the second way, everybody say the second way. The second way Jesus got his name is it was conferred upon him. First is combat, conquest. Everybody say conquest. Secondly, it was conferred. Now, this is a unique way to get a name. Now, the the illustration I've used over the years on teaching the name of Jesus, because I remember this might date me a little bit. I am, you know, a little bit older than some of (laughs) y'all. Amen. I remember the, how can I say this? The apprehension of our family and uh, our schools back in, this would have been the early 60s when the polio epidemic was still loose upon the earth and especially here in the United States. Now, there was a, a, a doctor scientist uh, uh, studying this disease named Jonas Salt. How many remember his name? He created the, 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 the polio vaccine. I remember going and eating the sugar cubes. Anybody remember the sugar cubes you took before you went to school? And that really erased or eradicated the fear of polio in our nation. Now, I know it wasn't just the vaccine. There were things with sanitation that was done and and all that kind of stuff. But that vaccine, basically, I never worried about it again. Amen. I'd go to public pools. It didn't make any difference to me. I'd been vaccinated. 
Well, the, the, there's a group, uh, where are they, out of Norway or Sweden, uh, that, that, that confer the, uh, called a peace prize, the Nobel Peace Prize. Have you ever heard of that? He received that for medicine for his discovery of that vaccine for polio. It was conferred upon him. Now, let you say, what do you mean by that? He didn't set out to win some prize. I mean, he didn't enter his mind. Man, if I can find a prize, he'll give me the Nobel Peace Prize. He didn't think that. But his life work resulted in the discovery of it. There was, therefore, there was a title conferred upon him because of that. Now, in this scripture, in speaking of Jesus... It shows us that Jesus did not set out, oh, if I could just go down to the earth and, and die and rise from the dead, I'll get a name that's, he didn't do that. It wasn't an ambitious act. But because of his work of redemption, the Father said, ooh, glory to God. Everybody say, glory to God. The Father said, I think I'll, I think I'll confer a name on him. I think I'll just, he, 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 he did, he obeyed the plan of the Father. He went down and was born of a virgin. He lived a sinless life. He did signs and wonders and miracles to show everybody that God loved them. He brought in a new covenant based on better promises. And he did it all, and he did it all with joy. He said he endured the shame and the suffering of the cross for the joy that was set before him. Then he rose from the dead. Then he came back up to heaven. Then he poured his blood on the mercy seat. Now instead of just having one redeemed son, I've got millions of children all over the earth because ever seed reproduces. I think what I'll do is I'll confer a name on him that's above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee must bow. You got some little old demon messing with you? You use the name of Jesus. You get some situation messing with you, you use the name of Jesus. It has to bow to that name. So, conquest, if I say conquest, see now, see how faith is coming? See, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. Here, here comes, we got conquest and we have it conferred. Now, let's go to Hebrews. Everybody say Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 1. Oh, it's hard for me to get into Hebrews 1. That's, that's, one, of those, that's one of those chapters I could just go a week on. Well, let, let, let's give it, a, give it a shot. Amen. God, who at sundry times in diverse manners, verse 1, Hebrews chapter 1, spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom he also made the worlds. Now, now, now let me just help you. Study Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And at the top of every page, you ought to write this. This is God talking to me. What does he say? What does God say about Sickness and disease, he says, by his stripes, we're healed. What does he say about depression and loneliness? He says, you're more than a conqueror. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the earth. Amen. What's he say, what, what, what's, what's he say about the devil and demon forces? He says, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the earth. Jesus is God speaking to us in word and deed. In word and deed. You say, what difference does that make? That's the two components that make up truth. Y'all have heard me a hundred times give the illustration. of You know, I was going to give a, a hundred dollar bill to, uh, uh, to, to Alan, my brother. Say, hey, Al, I'm going to give you a hundred bucks. He's like, yeah, he probably do. He'll give me a hundred dollars. So, you know, a couple of weeks go by. He's probably wondering, where's my money? And so I tell him again, hey, I forgot. I'm going to give you a hundred dollar bill. A few more weeks go by. I wonder where my money is. 
Year goes by, two years go by, five years go by. I keep telling, I'm gonna give you a hundred dollars. They'll come, he'll come to a point where he thinks, he ain't gonna give me a hundred dollars. That's because what I'm saying, what I'm doing, don't line up. They go the opposite ways. That's not truth. But when I tell I'm gonna give you a hundred dollar bill and reach in my pocket and give him one, then a word and a deed do what? Produce truth. And what is truth? Truth is an establishing foundation for relationship. Oh, I better get it. I told you this chapter messed with me. I gotta be careful. <laughs> I told you, I you gotta. Uh. Hath in these last days spoken to us by his son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the world. Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power. Now it says over, where does it, over in the book of Psalms, it says, I have exalted my word above my name. You say, what do you mean by that? The name only works by the word. It's not the other. I can just take the name and do anything. No, you can't. It's got to work by the word of God. That's why it's his name through faith in his name. Amen. 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 By the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, being so much better than the angels, now notice this, as he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. Third way, I say third way. He got it through inheritance. So we've got, we've got conquest being conferred upon him, now inheritance. Now, we've all inherited a name, our family name. I mean, you don't have a little child, your little, your little son, your little daughter's born, and you know, you name them, you name them Julie or, or Bob or, or, or Jim or something. You say, well, you know, we're going to give them about five years to earn this name. <laughs> Amen? You say, yeah, you know, and the, and the doctor said, now what name are we going to put on this birth? Say, just call him Bubba. Because <laughs> we're going to wait a few years whether we call him Smith. No. He automatically inherited that name. Amen. You automatically, as soon as you inherit it, you got your name. I got my name, George Douglas Martin III. Y'all look at it. How many didn't know that was my name? That's my name. Rusty's my alias. Amen. That's my alias. No, my mom wanted to name me Russell. That's why they called me Rusty. But he got it through inheritance. Now, that's, that's okay because we can relate that to a family name. But then you step over to the inheritance side of actually receiving an inheritance, and that's a whole other story. You say, what do you mean by that? First of all, someone has to die. Everybody say die. Secondly, there has to be a will. What did Jesus say at the communion? This is the New Testament. In my blood. This is such a cool deal. Anybody like cool deals? I call them a gimme. Does anybody know what a gimme is? It means it's automatic. You know, you get a you get a you get a you get an elder brother that dies that owns everything. Owns the moon, the stars, the earth. Amen. That's why I never fell for that commercial when they were selling stars. You know, they sell stars for $45. And you can buy a star and give it to your sweetheart or something. I never did that. You say, why? I own that. My family owns the stars. My, my family owns the moon. You say, you've done lost your mind, preacher. No, I'm telling you, it's the truth. Amen. Because see, my elder brother, Jesus, he created it all. But bless his heart, he died. 
He died, but he left his will. But that's not, but, but you know, when he left, he died, he left a will. But I needed a good lawyer. I needed a good lawyer, what? To help me with the will. Because my elder brother died, left, left me everything that is, was, will ever be. He said, you really think like that? No, I do think like that. That's called redemptive thinking. So I needed a good lawyer. I needed a good advocate. So my older brother, Jesus, thought, he looked around. He looked over at several law firms and said, well, there ain't none of them good enough for my little brother, Rusty. So what I'll do is I'll just rise from the dead. And I'll be his lawyer. And I'll be his advocate. And I will help him enforce the terms of the will that I died so he could have. Now, okay, my time's up. One more scripture. Everybody say one more. Go to Romans. This is your, you got your shouting shoes on. You're running clothes. Uh, running shoes, shouting clothes. There you go. You had it backwards there. Romans 8, real quick. We'll close with this. Verse 16. Notice this. The Spirit Himself, the Spirit Himself, if you, if you got itself there, right, scratch that out, right, Himself. You're not an it, neither is He. The Spirit himself beareth witness with our spirits that we are the children of God. Oh, you missed it. I've been telling you for years, you got out of Adam's fallen family and you're a love child of God. Now here it is in black and white. We are, everybody say we are. Not gonna be, we are. the. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and join heirs with Christ. Now, we could talk about the conquest. Oh, thank God for the conquest. But, I, I, you know, it's kind of hard to tie yourself to the conquest because if you don't have redemptive revelation, you don't understand that you were crucified with it. We can have it where it was conferred upon him, and that's so sacred and holy, I don't even try, I don't even touch that. But now when it comes to the inheritance side... It says we are heirs and joint heirs with Christ. There's your immediate transference of that name into your life. You say, why? Why do I have the right to use the name? Why do I have the right to bear the name? Why do I have the right to go in a hospital room and lay a hand on my loved one and say in the name of Jesus be healed? Why do I have the right to lay a hand on an addicted person and say be delivered? Why do I have the right to pray in that name? Why have I the right to believe anything? Because you are an heir and a joint heir with Christ and everything he secured through redemption belongs to you. It's yours. But I'm not going to stop with that because I've heard so many preachers preach on that and they get the point. If it be so that we suffer with him, oh no. I knew there was something negative in there. I've been suffering for years. But you, got, you have to understand something. There are, you have to understand what we suffer as believers. I mean, number one, we, we, we suffer the reproach of that name. You say, what do you mean? Church, we live in a time, 2017. I guarantee you, you go to most places, they won't let you. You pray in that name, they'll throw you out the door. I've had several of my friends that were asked to pray in government meetings, government functions. I had one friend of mine that was even asked to, to, to pray up in, uh, in Congress. And they said, now you can pray anything you want to, but don't pray in that name. But you know, I think that's kind of changed. I've heard some prayers prayed lately that 
there was a real emphasis on the end that it was in the name of Jesus and it kind of shuddered through the crowd. And if you've ever noticed this, when they pray it and they say, well, it's in his name we pray. Sounds very reverent. In his, you know, say all this kind of stuff. But it's when you use that name. In the name of Jesus. I remember, who is it? The the old duck hunters from Louisiana. They wanted to throw them off TV for praying. I love duck hunters. Amen. And and so, uh, old Phil, Phil Robinson, I don't know if you know his testimony, but man, he was a rascal. I mean, he was a rascal, but mama was a, was a, was a prayer woman of prayer. And she kept praying for those old hillbillies and kept believing God and standing in faith. They, they just lived out in the marsh their whole life and they all got saved. God touched their lives. And he told them, you can take me off TV all you want to. I'm not going to pray. And I watched one of their episodes the other night and they're all sitting around the table. He was praying, Father, thank you for this food. And, and boy, he ended that thing. I mean to tell you, there was no question what he believed. There was no question where his faith was. He ended it in the name of Jesus. We suffer a reproach because of that name. We suffer the effects of this world's system because it goes against the grain of what that name represents and what it means. Listen, that, that, that name breaks down all prejudice. That name is the only equalizer in the world. There's no, you say, well, I'm believing the government's going to fix it. The government ain't, they're never going to fix it. The governments of this world are the world system. And they hate that name. They're afraid of that name. You go to places like China, you dare even say that name, they'll lock you up in prison. But I got good news. We suffer reproach because of it. And also there is, the, there is the blowback from this world system. Thirdly, there's your adversary, the devil. He's going to try you out to see if you really do have faith in that name. Because just like any other word that God imparts to your spirit and that you're enlightened by, he rises up to challenge that word. But I got good news this morning. If you'll just keep meditating on the ways he got his name, reading the book of Acts, not only there did Peter deliver, I mean, I mean, the apostle Paul, he had a woman following him that was full of the devil. He turned around and said, in the name of Jesus, she got delivered to that devil. All through the book of Acts, they used that name. All through the letters to the church, they used that name. And now today, we're still using that name. It is our power. It is our anointing. It is our victory. It is our strength. It is our hope. And it is our faith. And yeah, you're going to suffer some reproach. Yeah, there's going to be some blowback from this world system. And yeah, the adversary's going to try you out. But I got the good news. It says, so that if we suffer with him, we'll be glorified together. And I don't mind a little suffering to get to the glorified together with him part. You love the Lord this morning. Lift your hands up and worship the Lord. Father, we worship you. We thank you for that name that is above every name that the name of Jesus is so powerful that even a lost person can utter that name and call upon it and the greatest miracle on the earth will happen. Salvation will be wrought. That which was purchased over 2,000 years ago that turns the sinner into the saint, that cleanses the unpure, that washes with the water of the word and regenerates by the power of the Holy Ghost is released and manifested by the power of that name. Let's put your hands down for just a moment. Thank you for joining us. We trust you enjoyed the message today. For services and special events, visit our webpage at www.islandchurchgalveston.com. You can contact us by phone at 409-770-9113. We are located at 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. 
And remember to keep looking unto Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith.